Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. Here we go again, and you know, it's it continues to be remote season. We were talking before we started recording today that if we didn't tell people on an ongoing basis, hey, we're recording these from remote locations, nobody would probably know the difference. Yeah, you're right. But it's funny you called it a season and you're in the media business. How long how long is a season? Aren't we we're now we're now into into half year time frames. A season is a season until it's over. I guess that's right. It's an, so no one no one knows when the season will end. It's an art, not a science, Robert. I got it. I got it. Thank so, you for coaching me. Well, I'm doing the best I can. Um, th- I bring that up, though, because there are some agencies that are starting to put out plans and a lot of different organizations talking about what coming back to the office looks like. And I will be the first to admit, uh, I don't think so much on FedHeads, but on the television show... I have said incorrectly a couple of times, I've talked about people coming back to work, and I didn't say that right, and I should be, and I have, I think, been more careful to say coming back to the office, because all the anecdotal reports that I keep hearing from people are that tremendous amount of work is being done, that agencies are seeing uh, productivity outputs of anywhere from 70, 80 to 110 percent of what they were getting before the pandemic started and before the remote work environment started. You know, we we don't have commutes to contend with. We don't even have to walk to different offices or floors of buildings to get to meetings. So uh, the more you, you can cram a lot more work into a, a eight hour workday than you could in the past. Moreover, there doesn't seem to be a limit to the workday, at least if you judge the calendar of mine and my colleagues. So I can see where a lot more work is getting done, and I don't feel a lot of clamoring to get back into the office. What does that mean for a number of different things? First off, what does that mean for the future of work in government? Does that mean that at some point somebody whether it's at an agency level, sub-agency level, OMB level, or somewhere else, at some point, does somebody say, you know what? Seems to be working great. Everybody seems to be happy with this. This is how we'll do this from now on. Is that something you expect to see? Well, to, to OPM's credit, they've put out a framework for agencies to use to guide them in making the decision to bring their people back to the office. And... Uh, that framework adheres to what I think is everyone's overriding philosophy, which is people's safety comes first. But as we more and more learn that we don't need to come into the office to get our work done, if people can be as or more productive working from home as they would have been in the office, then I don't see where how we can't come to a place where we can trust more and more of the workforce to stay at home and need a lot less of people driving in and occupying space in the federal building. So that then, if that becomes the case, that drives all kinds of other issues. A lot of dominoes 
in this trail to fall. What happens to the real estate footprint? If you don't have bodies coming, then the space that you have, you don't need as much space, and the space that you have looks dramatically different, I bet. Yeah, and there are two sides to that coin. One of the sides is if you have a smaller workforce, then you don't need as much footprint. But if that workforce requires things like social distancing, then you need more square foot per person. So I'm not, you know, that I think the net result of that is a smaller footprint, but maybe not as small as you think it's going to be, even though this social distancing won't persist forever. What happens? Let's play. Let's play a game. Oh, there, there's a fat. Yeah, I know. I love playing games. We need a fed heads board game. That, that's another brilliant marketing idea, Francis. That's a great idea. Yeah. The game is there's a vaccine that everybody can take tomorrow. Okay. So yeah. safety is no longer an issue about coming back to the office. Safety's off the table. Everybody's going to be fine safety-wise. You're a leader of a 300-person unit inside the federal government. Are you going to ask your people to start coming back to work the day after tomorrow? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is CDC administering the vaccines? No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think you've got to think ahead to that scenario and ask yourself if i got as much or more done when everybody was working from home why would i need to spend the time money to uh, keep up facilities so they can work in the office uh, agencies would be well served to start thinking that way right now um uh before before that eventuality hits, which is, you know, three, six, nine months from here. Well, and I would say I'm not sure how hard you have to think about it because when you present it in the way that you just presented it, to me, the answer is duh. If you're getting more productivity for what could be in the long term less money, why would you not do that? I agree with you from where we sit right now. But one of the things we suffered from in getting to this point was a lack of imagination. Mm. We couldn't have imagined a lot of people, the majority of people, our leadership, didn't have enough imagination to worry enough to prepare for where we are today. So I think it does deserve a little bit of thought about what might be the situation. If we move to a much smaller footprint, what if the need to scale up arises overnight what do we do then mm -hmm. so it there there are some complexities but i totally agree with you the footprint we got now uh could be a lot smaller if we relied more on a remote workforce which seems to be working for the most part just fine have you been surprised at the resiliency that agencies have been able to demonstrate because i'll give you one example defense logistics agency was on the program the tv show not too long ago and they told me, the representative told me that before COVID, they had 7,000 people out of 25,000 that teleworked on not an ongoing basis, but fairly regularly, but not all at the same time. And now all 25,000 people work remotely, every single one, 100% of the time. Nobody goes in. Uh, yeah. There are always exceptions, but right. the, the policy is everybody 
works remotely as much as absolutely possible. I mean, that happened like within three months, and we don't hear stories on an ongoing basis of catastrophic failures of, well, this agency didn't do anything today because there was some infrastructure issue that prevented them from accessing the network remotely or something like that. You know, those were the kinds of horror stories that, quite frankly, I expected to hear. I mean, as much from the private sector as the government, I'm not picking on the government, but we haven't heard huge issues with anybody, really. Well, you're not hearing management failures that are outside the ordinary. We know we have uh, an aging IT infrastructure, and it's having a hard time keeping up. But if you look at the Small Business Administration, the hundreds of millions of loans that they have distributed um, in response to a program that was created a couple of months ago, uh, all working in a pandemic remotely, it's astounding. It's a, it's um, so yes, I am pr- impressed and delighted with the resiliency, not only the federal workforce but workforces of all variety across the country. All right, we've got uh, a lot of work that still needs to happen. One of the big challenges for organizations across government is we're dealing with responding to COVID, but we also have to do the mission. You know, this is not like the shutdown as we've talked before, where nobody does anything and the mission kind of pauses for a moment mission continues and that means the need for dollars needs to continue the need for oversight needs to continue the need for authorizing agency activities from congress needs to continue um congress has not i would say demonstrated the same resiliency that the executive branch has demonstrated is that fair on my part uh no I don't think it's fair. We could talk about their work environment and their ability to work remotely has been tested. But they've enacted more response and recovery legislation than in the history of the nation in a very short period of time. And they've done it at a time of incredible division. So, you know, despite the discord that their peers Congress has gotten a lot done, but they've still got a lot more to get done, not only in response to the pandemic, but, you know, police reform, recent events have shown that there's a real need for applying practices that ensure equity in policing, and I'm putting it in an academic way, but all the anguishing conversations we've had that are a result of some of the tragic incidents we've seen have driven the demand for action. And so that Congress has got to um, enact some uh, legislation in that area, and that is extremely difficult. But they've also got defense authorization, regular appropriations, uh, an infrastructure bill, all in the middle of a global pandemic and a general election. So, uh, you know, they their resiliency will certainly be tested in the weeks and months to come. All right. Well, I guess I'm wrong about that one. <laughs> Francis, you're never wrong. No, I no, I I'm accept, never correct you. I accept the premise under which you told me that I'm incorrect, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm secure enough in myself, Robert, 
that I'm fine with that. Okay, but I won't make it a habit. God, thank you so much. Uh, I can't take the rejection. What else are you watching? I watch pretty closely how agencies are responding to the different requirements that Congress has posed on them. Oversight continues to be a huge challenge. We've gotten out trillions of dollars, and or at least hundreds, hundreds of billions of dollars. The amount of fraud has got to be staggering, and the oversight ecosystem has been challenged. So, but you, you know, still the the. Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, Government Accountability Office, are doing their work. They're going about their work and um, proudly standing up for the American taxpayer to make sure they don't get fleeced. I had a guest on the television show not too long ago. We were talking about improper payments and fraud and stuff. And I don't remember the calculation now, but we came up with the number that based on, I think it was, you take $2 trillion and you figure the, the fraud in... The Hurricane Katrina recovery, I think, was the number that he used was something like 20%. And if we had the same results, that'd be $40 billion just gone. Just gone. It's like that's mind-boggling. That's that's just blows my mind. The huge numbers we talk about all the time in Washington, even with that, that, that concept just was really something you know the government in a ordinary year makes 125 150 billion dollars in improper payments annually yeah so he's right the amount of money that's going to be wasted because these programs don't have a lot of guardrails or those guardrails are being stood up often after the money's out the door Mm -hmm. so i think this will be like everything else in 2020 historic you know what else is history what's that this episode (laughs) it's over at least we're not canceled. No, no, that's up to you. <laughs> well, as long as you'll keep calling me, I'll keep talking. All right. See you next time. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.